what people are talking about. Let me hit you with some knowledge. This is TalkZone.com, Internet Talk Radio. You are entering an intriguing journey with spiritual lifestyle experts Keith and Charmé Amber, where you'll end up more at home with yourself, your behavior, and your understanding of life. Mastering Ourselves offers sound answers to life's tough questions so that life can make more sense to you and healthy directions become clearer. Keith and Charmé bring you over 80 years of seasoned experience. They pursue truth and insights that are neither left nor right, but spiritually sound and centered and can be used as a spiritual compass to help you on your path. Welcome to Mastering Ourselves. We have two million in our prison system and it's all uh and it's it's kind of this downward spiral that doesn't seem to go away a lot of the you know people that get out go back in for a variety of reasons we have uh keith has often um been a strong advocate that there was another way to do this and we recently found uh, a um, project i guess up in new york that is facilitating prisoners getting their arms around a, a trade, right? A trade and just a, a lifestyle where it's not just all the same consciousness of the convict out in the street or the convict in jail, but it's like it gives you space and you can build a sort of a free space and you can build up your self-esteem and a, and a vocation. Exactly, something that you can leave and do. In fact, this has dropped the return rate dramatically. Those that from about sixty-five percent to five to ten percent. <laughs> can you believe it? Yeah, that's terrible. It's called success. Yeah. So to tell us about this wonderful project, uh, we have the author James Darnler, who has written the book "Doing Time in the Garden: Life Lessons Through Prison Horticulture." How you doing, James? I'm doing fine, thank you. Hey, thanks for joining us tonight. We appreciate it. No problem. And uh, from reading your book, we appreciate your efforts to uh, help these people that, you know, just don't have their world working right, you know, get a chance to get started. And, you know, it's it's not warehousing them or punishing the inmates, but it's re-educating them that they and the society and, you know, all the money we're plugging into that, it, all the losing downside of that can change if we can find a way to help educate most of these prisoners, don't you think? Uh, that's exactly right. And if you look at what uh, uh, statistically has worked in terms of reducing recidivism in this country um, and in the prison system has been educating um, inmates while they're incarcerated. And they happen to know the one, the one fact they do know is that inmates leaving prison with a college education, for example, were less likely to return to prison and uh, with that information at hand they promptly in 1993 uh, cut the Pell Grant that gave inmates the opportunity to get an education in jail so the one thing they knew that worked they basically um, eliminated wow. and the reason was well because the political winds had changed and uh, there was a lot of there was a kind of a political uproar that people that were incarcerated were being rewarded with a college education. I mean, that's I the way see. it played out in the press. And uh, so the idea was the pendulum swung. You went from a very kind of uh, liberal-based uh, approach to uh, prison reform to a very kind of more conservative base of uh, 
punishment rather than rewards. And, you know, many people thought, well, my children aren't getting a Pell Grant and they haven't been incarcerated, so why would one who is incarcerated be eligible? Though, you know, fairly there was no relationship between the two. You know, what I see in this is um, we have a problem that's not going away, so it's worth making the extra extension to rehabilitate these people because apparently their families when they were growing up and their culture and whatever didn't do the job. And, you know, some people are just bad, but most people will, if they get enough of the environment and enough direction, enough support, they will start putting the pieces together. And, and I think uh, I think we have a chance to do this, and, and uh, we're missing it. <laughs> That's exactly right. And if you look at the statistics, you know, we look at 1972 and there were 200,000 people incarcerated in the United States. And now all of a sudden, 30 years later, you have uh, 2 million people. And that really shows that there's something else going on. And if you look at the criminal, the the, the profile of the criminal uh, population, 80% are incarcerated for nonviolent drug-related crimes. And if you really look at the the cost-benefit analysis, it's actually much cheaper to rehabilitate people rather than incarcerate them. Because, like, every year, what's the average, about $64,000 per inmate to house them and feed them and everything per year? Well, that's for New York City, and things are always a little bit more expensive in New York City. Yeah. But if you look at the national average, it's about uh, between $45,000 and $55,000. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. Don't forget to catch us Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Our guest today is James Jyler, who's written the book Doing Time in a Garden, Life Lessons Through Prison Horticulture, where he's teaching the prison inmates how to do horticulture, and it's turning their lives around. So how does this program work, James? Well, basically, uh, we have, um, we were given the opportunity by the Department of Correction of New York City um, to put this program together based on their existing facilities on the island. So we have two acres of land, a greenhouse, and a classroom. And over the, you know, the, the last 10 years, we've been able to use that space and really kind of make or create, build, install uh, a series of incredibly beautiful gardens. Um, and each day we will have up to uh, 10 men who come out in the morning, and then in the afternoon we'll have 14 women who come out. The two populations can never be mixed. Yeah. And uh, generally we, um, we work with sentenced inmates who have um, some time on their hands. And it's a curriculum we put together, uh, developed and put together, that really is uh, therapeutic, educational, and vocational. I mean, we don't expect everyone to walk out of there and leave uh, Rikers with a job in horticulture. But we also work with a lot of people who are extremely damaged, uh, who have maybe had 30 years of uh, substance abuse behind them, uh, who have severe health uh, disabilities. Sure. Yeah, that's uh, damage. Mental disabilities. I mean, in my book, I mentioned that the three largest mental institutions in the United States 
is uh, Rikers Island, uh, Chicago City Jail, and the Los Angeles County Jail. R Rikers really Island is, is New York City, right? Rikers Island is the New York City uh, jail system. Right. And it is an actual island that has 10 jails and up to uh, 20,000 inmates every day. So it's really one of the world's largest penal colonies. So the three cities are huge. Um, Chicago, Los Angeles, and New York with their uh, penal system. Right, and, and if you look at um, many, most of the people in the system are people that have mental disabilities. So you're looking at, you know, the replacement of uh, large-scale psychiatric institutions with now, you know, we've, we've managed to criminalize mental illness over the last uh, several decades. Well, you know, if people do crime, something needs to be done also, but uh, don't you think that um, being around good people, good examples, and natural settings, and perhaps some nice little projects to do as ambitious as you're up to, is tremendously therapeutic and rehabilitating? Yes. I mean, that's the whole point of what we do. I mean, if you look at other vocational jobs like fixing a computer or maybe, you know, working the automotive industries or even, you know, hair and beauty parlor and, you know, maintenance, you know, it's it, it's a vocational job, but, but horticulture, working with plants, working with animals, building these gardens, spending your day in the gardens is very transformative. And and there's a level of 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 uh, connection to nature which kind of begins this process of transformation. Uh, some of it is very explainable, and some of it is extremely uh, you know intuitive. Sure. Um, and what we find is that there's a whole process of events that take place in people's lives. They begin opening up. They begin looking at their lives, examining their lives, addressing some of the issues which led them to jail in the first place. Mm -hmm. As they take responsibility for a section of the garden, they begin to take responsibility for their lives. Um, and that's a very important breakthrough as well in the sure. therapeutic process. Then there's the health elements. People come out, they've been uh, inside the jail, they've uh, been eating poorly, they haven't been exercising, they haven't had any fresh air. And then there's that transformation of what it, what it is to work outside five days a week, um, in, in all kinds of weather. And then just the respect they get from officers, the respect they get from each other, uh, the respect they get from themselves to take a piece of land and really transform it into something that's, you know, astoundingly beautiful. So you're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmy Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. Don't forget to catch us Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Our guest today, James Dyler, author of Doing Time in the Garden, Life Lessons Through Prison Horticulture. These people are changing people prisoners lives around right so that they don't go back to jail when they get out right and then they can contribute to society this seems like a very natural easy way for a person to sort of going on a downward spiral to get into so, uh, a nice environment get easy easy going and then start building up and actually build a self-esteem in a direction that's exactly right and and you know it's kind of easy to do it when you're in jail because you don't have a lot of choices. And, and, That's and the in the corner. <laughs> right. And, and the reality, you're a captive. I have a captive audience five days a week. But the reality is the, 
the real choices and the real difficulty is when you are released. Yeah. And that's where our program kind of uh, ratchets up to another level because we're able to hire people as paid interns to work with our organization on different landscape gardening projects all over New York City the day after they're released. So while they're in jail, Beautiful. they may love what they're doing, but they don't but they can actually get the uh, develop the hope that they can continue on this, you know, in the, in the, on this path by uh, working with us when they're released. Basically, they got to start a new world, otherwise they'll sort of likely fall back into the old world. Well, that's really, I mean, when we look at what happens when people are released from jail and we talk about relapse and we talk about recidivism, you know, most, I would say 80% of all the inmates on Rikers Island come from five main neighborhoods in New York City. And they all go back to those neighborhoods. And most of the people they associate with are, you know, are, are ex-offenders, right. are people in the drug trade, are, you know, you have boyfriends and girlfriends, aunts, uncles, you know, parents, uh, siblings, <laughs> children who are also in, in, in part of this world. Yeah. And uh, it is extremely difficult to escape it. And it's extremely difficult to stay on the straight and narrow path when all the other elements around you are crumbling. Boy, I bet, even though it's maybe a little rude, I bet if there was a program to simply uh, take, I, I guess they call these safe houses or whatever, it's its a halfway house, where you're not in the old culture, you're in a uh, sort of a group that is um, going in a positive direction, and you could have that as a bridge. Exactly. But, you know, and I mean, I mean, in all fairness, too, I've had, Students who who had that and had very supportive families, who also you know had very strong issues in their lives, which kept leading them back to jail as well. So you know there's just, there's always these kind of psychological, emotional, uh, uh, physiological issues and, and problems. We have to take a break. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmy Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts. Our guest James Schuyler, doing time in the garden which we're going to talk about more when we come back. Stay with us. We'll be right back. <laughs> 